0: So, you know what? What we might do now, I'm going to welcome up Megan and Marty from Activate Foods. Please make them feel welcome. So, Marty, tell me, Marty, Megan, tell me who's in your family.
1: Uh, we're a family of four. We have two young girls, um, Evie and Isabel. They're three and six. Um, I'm from a big family of six of us. Um, Marty's from family of four
2: Yeah, small family I've got family of four, large family But most of them are overseas So we didn't get to have that interaction Like we do now with Megan's Large extended family
0: And tell me guys <clears throat> Tell me your story briefly And you can both chime in here Because Marty, your story is really interesting We crossed paths, Marty and I I don't know, I, I want to say Eight years ago it Feels yeah, like eight 10, to ten, maybe ten maybe. years ago um, And we, we bumped to it I think I first met you in the gym you were doing personal training with a good friend of mine as, as their client at the time. You were training with a guy named Paul and you were doing that for a bunch. Um, and we met around that time. And then we actually went on to do some training together. Um, we were part of I we, we, I don't think it was a, a bunch of years there we were doing a lot of exercise together, a lot of training together. We even competed in a team together um, at this big kind of fitness thing in Wollongong a bunch of years ago. Um And you're doing some different stuff now, so do you want to step through, that's how we kind of knew each other, but do you want to step through how you came to be doing what you're doing here now with Activate Foods?
2: Yep, so um, I'm a chef by trade, so I've been cooking just over 20 years, 22, 23 years now, so grew up surrounded by food, so my mum grew up on a farm in New Zealand, so... Large family, they ate off the lands, so everything was real food. We never ate the same thing more than once, which was a little bit painful as a kid when you're like, Mum, I really love that dish, can we have it again? And you'd get it, but it'd be different. So I grew up in that creative side with food. There was never any question that I would do anything but become a chef, which led me into doing my apprenticeship. Um, loved it, worked my way up and down the east coast of Australia, worked on some islands, worked on the Gold Coast, um, worked in the islands on Hamilton Island, met Megan, my wife. We've been together for... 13 years? Oh, good
1: one, yes. Correct.
2: Um, And got to the point where the lifestyle with chefing often leads to late hours, which leads to going out and partying late, sleeping in, drinking too much. I smoked. I was smoking a pack of 30 cigarettes a day.
0: Tell me about your lifestyle then as a chef.
2: So work, work long hours. We often would start at nine in the morning. I was a nighttime chef. I wasn't a breakfast chef. We'd do a little bit of lunch, but still would start typically at nine in the morning. Um, a lot of fine dining restaurants take a lot of time to prepare all the food. Everything we used to make was from scratch. So you have to be in there early to get it going. So we'd be in there early, say nine o'clock in the morning, so sleep in, work through till basically ten, eleven, twelve, sometimes one o'clock at night. Try and go out and catch up and have a, a social life as much as you could. Catch up with some friends, but who they've been out all night. So you play catch up, back to sleep, off you go again.
0: Were you eating well or doing any exercise at that stage of your life? No, I was lucky. I,
2: I had a good fitness base when I was a teenager. So I played a lot of sport, a lot of football. So I was an active person. So, And then being a young male in a busy, busy work, the, I kept the weight off. And I was quite reasonably healthy. But doing what people recommended as healthy foods, so I was eating on my... Whole grains, too many hot chips in service for lunchtime and dinner, e- eating intermittently and not like the trend intermittent fasting, more like because you're busy all morning, you don't have time and then you try and cram something in before or after service. So surrounded by good food but typically not the best and probably not eating at the right times.
0: And then from there, you so maybe rewind. So like uh, you, you, le- you ended up in the gym. What got you in the gym? And what happened from there?
2: Um, I got to, I think I was about 25, and we didn't have any kids. We'd been together for, say, four or five years. I started noticing that I'm not healthy. So I wasn't extremely overweight. I got to about 100 kilos. So for a guy in my frame, that's not ridiculously overweight, but I wasn't healthy. I remember laying in bed and me going to roll over and put a hand on my chest, and because I smoked, it'd be hard to breathe. So not to the point where... I couldn't. I'd struggle to walk up a hill or anything, but i just enough that something clicked in my head. I'm like, "This isn't right. Something's not right here. I need to make some changes to get my life back into order. Get back to the fit me that I used to be like." So I started from there and just basically grew.
0: And then you get into some fitness, and then you, you actually got trained and qualified yourself. You were doing some some your strength and conditioning coaching. Some um, and, and uh, From there, you quickly jumped into doing something like this. So you kind of went from food to fitness back to food. How did that transition happen and how did you end up doing what you're doing now? Well,
2: we never set out to do what we're doing now. It sort of just evolved. So I came from a food background being a chef and then I found that I had a lot to offer to people in food and what to eat. I'm not a nutritionist, but I know a lot of base around whole real foods and just found that I had a knack of giving advice to people. On the food side, it was working clients were starting to get results and it led into... I had actually had a friend of mine who was a client who trained with me and I, being a chef and a trainer, I did all my own meal prep. I was staying in front of it and he used to nag to me every day and he's like, oh Marty, I just... I don't have time to meal prep. I commute to the city every day. I don't have the time to be prepping meals on a Sunday and trying to, you know, giving up my weekend in order to eat healthy. He goes, oh, can't you just cook your meals? Like, you make yours, just make some for me. I, I said no for... Probably six months. six months. And like, no, nah, not going to do it. And eventually I'm like, well, you know what? I'm doing my own. I said, okay, I'll do it. $10 a meal. You eat whatever I want. You don't like it. That's it. We're over. That's done. <laughs> Thinking this isn't going to last. Um, it did last. He loved it. And then through conversations with other clients, like just small chat, doing personal training sessions, oh, I'm cooking meal prep. When I do mine for a friend and I had people look at me going, why didn't you offer to do mine? Like, why won't you do my meal prep? And I'm like, well... I suppose I can, but you know, I'm a chef, I do it from home, this isn't a business, let's just see what happens. And then it got to the point, I think it was a year or two, we had strangers from Sydney calling me going, I'm sitting next to Mary who's eating lunch and I work down here and I know you do it from home, but she said, if I get it, will you bring it to me, it looks fantastic. And we were like, Okay. This is a little bit bigger than we expected.
0: So, for those that yeah, might not know the detail, what is it that you guys do? Like, so you, wh- where, where are you? What do you do? We're going to get really practical in a moment. But before we do, I'm just keen to hit for them to better know you and what you do. So, um, what is it that you guys do through Activate?
2: So, we do meal prep. Exactly what we did. It started off with doing it at home. I got sick of eating chicken and broccoli on my own, so we tried to mix it up. And now I had 10, 15, 20 people to cook for, I could cook different dishes. Being a chef, I knew a lot of tips and tricks. I still did this at one day at home on a Sunday in our kitchen that we were with the family, and while looking mostly looking after our eldest daughter when Megan back to work, so I was stay at home dad, train in the morning, stay home cook during the day, and then go training at night. Um, led into that, so we do yeah meal prep, healthy. Del- what I like to call delicious food. It's nutritious. Um, it's flavoursome. It's just interesting. There's so many options. Like you can Google meals delivered at home and there's hundreds of options. I think the thing that sets us apart, it's real food from a chef. I'm not a nutritionist. It's just real food. We make everything. And,
0: and I thought it'd be helpful. So I asked Marty to come along because I was asking Kate, what do mums want to know? So mums, give me a nod if I'm right here. And if we're not, you guys, we get an opportunity later just to throw questions at these guys. But... Just different meal ideas throughout the week. Beginning, of the year, We always want to eat healthy, right? So we, beginning of the year, we want to be eating healthy. We want our kids to be eating well. We've got fussies at home. Is that right? Is that some of the stuff we want to hear about? I've got some net nods over there. A couple nods at the back, which is good. Um, but before I get into some of the practical detail, I want to know, so you're the chef. Who does the cooking in your house? Megan, is it you? Is it Marty? Is it?
1: We're a bit of a mix. Um, I cooked last night. Um, Marty usually cooks about two nights a week, um, but we're very, very busy now. So um, I'm still working almost full time in my job at the moment um, until next month. Um, so we actually eat our meals um, probably three or four nights a week um, between us. We have family dinners as well. So we go to my parents one night, Marty's parents another night. So yeah, I think we're probably when we're cooking at home, it's probably one for one.
0: Love it. Okay, so I love on the family meal too. It's it's um we did we did family dinner last night. And I reckon I had the best conversation I've ever had with my two year old because she was locked in a high chair at my. It was just so cool. She just started talking heaps more. But yeah, family dinner. It wouldn't happen without that. Um, Marty, let's get practical. Um, what are some just takeaway tips? I, I said to Marty, we didn't practice or prep any of this. I've just said I know when I talk about the things he's passionate about, he'll kind of just go. So I'm hoping we can get to... Like, I was in your shop yesterday and uh, there's people coming in and they're buying stuff, but not only were they buying stuff, they they were all asking you questions. What are the the common questions you get asked when people want to not just buy food but actually ask about food, food prep, what should they be eating, that kind of thing? What's some common stuff you get asked?
2: Well, we get asked a lot of questions. So I think the the base of the questions that we get is broad but the answer is what makes it simple is just quite simple. So I get a lot of questions you can see now it's new year, 2019 new year, new me you can't go on social media or a paper or anything without finding the next best way to lose weight and what's going to work and unfortunately there's no secret magic pill that works, that's why all these companies are out there. So the simple answer that I have is real food. You just can't There's no easier way to say it. And when people say, well, what's real food? Food that is close to its most natural form. So if you're going to the shops, you look for meat, vegetables, nuts and seeds. Things that don't typically come in packets, which you can't always do. So it's a matter of balancing it. And just cooking with variety as well. So, yeah, people get a little bit put off that the answers are not magical secrets. But there's a lot of tips to make that work for you we
0: were chatting just down there before and you said something about alive and well yeah so i I
2: heard it we listened to a lot of podcasts i read a lot of books and i heard someone going oh i've gone onto a raw diet and i really trusted this guy i can't remember who it was and i'm thinking oh here we go it's something else he's changed too. a raw diet now it's going to be everyone's going to be eating raw foods and he goes recently alive and well and i'm like that's stuck Explain it and he explains. So, you're looking for a plant like fruit and vegetables, it's been taken out of the ground, minimal process, it's been washed and cleaned, taken to your grocer or to your supermarkets, put on the shelf, you take it home and you eat it. So, it's recently alive and well. Animals, the same thing. So, eating things that are as close to nature as what our bodies are intended.
0: Yeah, cool. So, I've heard people say too. So, I just actually, they just clicked in the raw thing, recently alive and well. Yeah, is so it. Okay, I like that. Real, alive and well. Is that, was that it? Okay, good. Both work. <laughs> um, yeah, so like getting around Woolies, sticking to the outside of the shopping centre, that's because the things with like used by dates, kind of like food. The, real food's perishable, right? So it kind of lives around the outside. So often stuff, pa- you said packages and wrap, like like that was me in Nutella jar last night. I still eat that kind of stuff, but usually long shelf life, pretty suspect, packed with preservatives. Would you agree?
2: A hundred percent, yeah.
0: So you talked as well about carbohydrates. A lot of people are scared of carbs. So you've got the – there's so many different diets and like every month there's different stuff changing, but yeah, you've got the Atkins, camp Paleo, P90X, Michelle, 12-week challenge. The What else is popular now? So yeah, the fasting stuff, the 5-2. There's so many different diets. Um, you eat carbs?
2: I do. I eat vegetable, plant-based carbs. So I'm not scared of carbs. I live an active lifestyle, and even if I'm not training, I'm still on my feet. We've got a busy family. I'm average. I get up between between two and five in the morning, depending on what the day is. So you need energy to run your body. So it's the same if you're a family, if you've got kids at home, if you're you need carbs. It's not a matter of being scared of them. It's getting them from the right source. I choose not to eat grains, but I. I'm not an advocate for anything. There's different diets that work for different people. So I can only give the advice of what I found works for me. And my choice of not eating grains is that, recently alive and well, a grain in its most natural form is probably no issue to our body at all. But if you think of that grain growing on a plant and what processes and steps are taking place before it gets to the bread or a pasta, which then takes up the largest percentage of your meal, let's face it, if you have a bowl of pasta... 80% 80% of it's pasta, and then you've got the 20% vegetables, which we should probably flip around. If you did flip it around, wouldn't be an issue. So, yeah, vegetable-based carbohydrates, leaning in that side. Yeah, cool.
0: Megan, I'm keen to hear from you. You've got two young girls, six and three. Yep. We were talking about family dinner. Yep. Um, you said some stuff that I just loved. Um, so how do you get kids to eat that kind of – like eats? We've got some fussy eaters in our house. Yep. You were saying some things before that were really cool. So I want to hear about a bit of that. Do you want to talk cool. about what you guys do in your house yep. and some changes you've made that have been really, really good for you guys?
1: Cool. Um, so who here has a kid that you've had to say, finish what's on your plate, come back and eat your dinner? Yeah? Yeah. So do I. And I'll put my hand on my heart and I will say we do not have perfect kids. They do not eat everything as much as I want them to. Um, But what I found worked really well with our family is we share our meals. So 80% of our meals we actually put in the middle of our table so we don't plate up Um, and we allow the kids to choose what they want from whatever we're eating. So we might have a salad or vegetables or meat or... um,
2: Roast potatoes. Yeah,
1: roast potatoes and we will put it all in the middle of the table um, and we basically let them just pick and choose what they want. If they're hungry, they're going to eat and if they eat, you know all the potatoes and a little bit of meat, that's okay. Um, I think the other thing that I learnt, um, maybe maybe when my first daughter was about three, I used to meal prep for her like nothing else. I, you know, I'd look up all these recipes and I'd make vegetable fritters and I'd do all these things and then she'd spit it out and I'd be heartbroken. <laughs> Honestly, I'd be, be like, what are you doing? <laughs> just, just get over it. She doesn't like it. Um, and I think what I learnt... From talking to a few other people, obviously about don't put pressure on myself. So if they're hungry, they're going to eat, and if they have um, good foods available to them, and they eat that eighty percent of the time, seventy percent of the time, they're fine. Then you know they're not going to die on me. They're going to you know, that, and that's what you think about, right? You're like, oh, if they're not going to get enough greens, then what's going to happen? They're going to be deficient in something else. Kids' bodies will absorb what they need out of the food that we give them, and if we give them good food sources then they're
2: going to be fine yeah we um it brought me back to reminds me of a conversation i had with a client and a friend of mine when we were training we found out isabel wasn't eating anything and being a chef and i can meal prep anything you want we have a meal prep business and people are like oh your kids must eat everything it's like no they don't they don't even with the access to all the knowledge and understanding we have and i got a little bit panicked and talking to megan about like she's not eating anything she's not having the food a friend's a child psychologist and she's studied a lot of different areas in that and I remember having a conversation with her and saying, we well, just panic, we don't know what. And she grabbed me and she's like, Martin, kids will not only survive, they'll thrive on minimal amounts of food. As long as you're giving them what they need, they do not have to sit there and eat a whole big plate of food in order to be able to thrive and survive. They will still thrive and survive off the minimum. And it's the same advice I give to adults and you know, I'm wanting to lose weight and they're like, when do I eat? How many meals a day? And what do I do? Like, um. Mother Nature has given us this awesome thing in our body which is called hunger. So when you're hungry and you're eating real food, you eat. If it's dinner time and you're not that hungry, have a smaller dinner. It's quite simple. Simplify. If you've got your house full of things that are healthy and plant-based and animal-based that are there for the kids, then if they're hungry, they're going to find something. Does it really matter if it's five minutes after the dinner that they didn't eat all of or whether it's before in the afternoon? It's just having that balance and availability of real food.
0: So let's talk prep. You, you talked about you guys would – you, you change something. You start planning what you guys would eat as a family. Did that help? hundred
2: percent. I don't know how it started. I think Megan might have read it on a blog or something.
1: I think it's when I went on maternity leave for the first time. I think, you know, money was a bit tight. Um, and I think that was where we yeah. really started meal prepping every day. For, sorry, for the week that we would plan out what we're going to eat um, yeah. each So night. it's
2: sitting down and we would literally on a Sunday – before we would go to the shops, write Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, we'd approach it when we get closer because when you're eating plants and food, your meat's going to go off by the time you get to Saturday, so we'd just plan the weekend when we got there. We would write, Monday, we're going to have lamb chops, sweet potato and broccoli. I live on it. I love it. It works well. Other nights, it would be a stir fry, but we write it down and buy for those meals, taking into account what the kids are going to eat. So you save money because you're not filling the cupboards. The food's in the fridge, so when it comes to dinner, it's not what are we going to eat, oh, I don't feel like that, we're going to get it, because the food's in the fridge, you've got to eat it. Mm. If there's anything left over, especially when we... We still only portion for four or for two adults and two kids. If there's anything left over, it's lunches. The girls eat the sweet potato if there's left over for the next day. There's always something, so you're planning ahead as well. And we found that, yeah, cost effective, big time. Planning, so we had a lot more time during the week. And... healthier you know what you're going to eat you're making a conscious decision on that sunday of what you're going to eat
1: yeah i think that the biggest trip up that um we used to have is it'd get to four o'clock you know on a thursday and i'm coming home from work marty's coming home from work and it's like what are we going to have for dinner and when you're trapped for time that's when you go for what's easiest and whatever's most convenient and oftentimes it's not the best thing Um, so, you know, having some things available in the freezer, so overcooking sometimes, so sometimes we do like a double batch of something if we knew we were going to be out all afternoon or whatever, so that we had a meal in the freezer ready to go. Um, that was something that was really helpful in those early days.
2: Definitely. And it it makes you look at what you're going to eat for the week. So you, you're not going to sit down and write steak and broccoli and sweet potato for five days of the week because you know you're going to get sick of it before you even get to tuesday so we go what are we going to have so you pick your favorite meat so then we were eating a different meat every night so we would have pork we'd have fish every now and then we would be having a chicken one night so you consciously making the decision to get the variety and like we said variety is what keeps the health base that's what 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 we do is based around
0: i want to get some good time in for some questions and marty's happy just to kind of Answer them live as best you can. Megan said the same. It's good with that. Um, maybe I, I'll ask one more question before we get a mic getting around and then we'll talk a bit of exercise as well and there might be an opportunity for some questions around some movement and exercise as well. Um, before I do, what other tips, what other practical things, Would what advice, as I said yesterday, you're getting a lot of questions thrown at you when you're in the shop, what, what are some go-tos for busy, busy families, for mums on the go that will help in that Monday to Friday, kind of meal prep, family eating well, love the don't plate up. Like do you have some more more of that kind of goodness to share with these guys?
2: Yeah so a big thing and comes from a chef background, but it works and anyone can do it is planning ahead, which we said about your menu. And then if you know you're gonna have a stir fry in the afternoon there's always or mid afternoon or the child your daughter or son's having a nap in the afternoon chop up the meat and the vegetables for your stir-fry, wrap it on a plate, put it in the fridge. Because then when you watch all of the cooking shows and there's hundreds on television, when they go to put something in the pan, they don't sit there and chop, 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 and the carrot and chop, chop, chop. It's already ready in pretty little plates and bowls. It's exactly what we do in a restaurant. Whenever you order a food, a stir-fry, everything's ready to go. Because the cooking process is the easy part. But juggling kids... And husband or wife coming home from work, trying to chop vegetables, putting steak or meat on or roast in the oven, your timing's off, next thing you know it's 8.30 and the kids are going to have a bath, the chicken's still not cooked and then you're eating at 9 o'clock. So we all know that happens. So what we find, plan ahead if you've got the time in the afternoon or on a weekend, do the basic, you don't have to do it all, chop some vegetables, prep what's ready to go in for a stir fry or even for a roast, so come dinner time, you're hungry, cool, it's going to take 40 minutes, put it in the oven, it's set.
1: Um, I think making some extra. So say it takes you 40 minutes to make dinner. Um, it's probably going to take you 10 minutes more to make double. So, you know, you can kill two birds with one stone, get two meals out um, for the week in 10 minutes more time than what it took.
0: Yeah, yeah, so good. So I've got questions, but I'm keen to hear, I'm sure you guys will have questions for Megan and Marty. So I think we've got a mic Get around. Simon's over here with a mic. We've got a question down the front here. Got one over there. He'll just kind of get to and fro.
1: Um, hi, I'm Emma. I'm from Wagga. Um, I have a real battle with, um, like, so I'm my children. I'm separated from my husband, so their dad cooks totally different to me, and it's always a battle. Um, things like they love two-minute noodles, where I just think they're absolutely horrible. So I've got them onto spelt noodles. But <laughs> um, like, I guess even for like, say spaghetti bolognese is a perfect example. That's still a healthy meal, even though it's pasta, but as long as it's not a bulky lot of pasta they're having, yeah.
2: Yeah, so we've got a lasagna on the menu. It's probably one of our biggest people relate to it as unhealthy. If I've got 500 grams of meat that I'm making a lasagna for us, I've also got five to six to 700 grams of grated carrot and zucchini and whatnot, and you hear stories about, I'll try and hide the vegetables in there, and oh, they know... My daughter won't eat carrots, she won't eat zucchini, won't eat onion, won't eat garlic, won't eat thyme, won't eat basil, won't eat tomato. All of these things are in her favorite dish, which is dad's lasagna from work. It's perseverance and it's just that battling. So, yes, making the choices like the wholemeal pasta and things like that, absolutely perfect. Like I said, I, d- I don't, I have my choices, but everything works for different people. It's the volume that you have. So, yeah. it's nothing wrong with having more meat and more vegetables and less pasta in that. They're going to get a more sustainable energy source from the fat and the protein than they are from a quick, simple carbohydrate. Okay. My, um, what
0: about Nutella? So that's, Nutella's sweet. Me a... Nutella got it on last night. Moderation. Great. Nutella's it's evil. Gonna moderation so it does bring
2: up a good point we are not what's the word like angels are what we eat we don't not eat unhealthy food i don't train six days a week four hours a day and run a business and that sometimes i won't train for two weeks straight and that's the time when i have to be more conscious of what i'm eating it's just balance it's a big word but Balance is in a reality. Like I've had clients who would say I've eaten really well and I had my breakfast like you said and I had a salad with chicken and avocado for lunch. i might like, tick, that's good. Um, I had a nice healthy dinner so I had some chocolate. Cool, okay, why aren't you losing weight? Oh, how much chocolate are you are having? Oh, I'm having a block of chocolate a night. Yep. It's like I'm not saying don't have chocolate. Yeah. Have Nutella. Yeah, yeah. Spread it out and enjoy it and enjoy it. And like yeah, it's, yeah, we're humans.
0: The, the, the balance thing's super important, and and I've, so I so those that know, I know. So I'm working here at church. This is my first year here at church, but before that, I was, spent twelve years working in a gym. And um, balance, like I just see people fail. We'll talk more about exercise in a moment. We'll try and give you some practical tips that can help you not fail and try and stick to an active and healthy lifestyle. But the balance thing's big. On the uh, the, are we doing zoodles tonight, Kate? Is it zoodles tonight? She's saying yes. So our five-year-old's been heaps keen for some spaghetti. We, we kind of mix some of the pasta with some zoodles and he's been asking for that. We actually go and, I think, borrow the zoodle maker machine. from. What's Kate, what zoodles? Marty, what zoodles?
2: Vegetable noodles. So zucchini Z- typically, zucchini but you can do anything. Yeah. Pasta, <laughs> see those
1: spiralizers? Yeah, yeah.
2: Just makes it
0: interesting. Makes it, it fun it for kids too. Questions, one
1: over here. That on? yeah. uh, what's your take on rice um, and also dairy?
2: Okay, so again, it's a personal one. So, myself, I love rice. I think it's a fantastic source of carbohydrate, especially when you're training. I got sick of chicken and broccoli, which I mentioned a hundred times. You live on it when you're training, it's time efficient. I wanted something different. I was training a lot, especially when I was competing with Jamie, so I needed huge amounts of carbohydrate just to have the energy. I went, yeah, rice. Rice is good. I've never had a lot of it in my diet, but I didn't exclude it by any means. It doesn't agree with me, unfortunately. So for me personally, I think it doesn't agree with me. I know lots of people who do have it. It doesn't seem to bother me again or other people that I recommend to have it. Again, it's the moderation. So even like if I'm doing a meal prep then I do a chicken curry, I have my fat I, rainbow, so zucchini, beans, carrots, bulk it out, then the rice to hold it together because, let's face it, like a Thai green curry without a bit of rice just isn't a Thai green curry. So you can still have it, but it's balancing Dairy, again, it doesn't agree with me. So I know people who do have large amounts of dairy and, again, it's what you're having. So people say dairy. I'm like, yeah, it's not too bad. Don't exclude it. If your body agrees, like, cool, my chocolate milk's fine. Like, again, no, that's to me, that's not dairy. Dairy is your cheeses and you're having your dairy. Our kids eat dairy. Um, Again, it doesn't agree with me, doesn't bother me again.
1: I have it. My philosophy on it is if I'm going to have it, it's it's full fat. Um, So if I have dairy, I don't ever have... Um, low fat options or anything because it's just it just means an extra process that's happened. Um, so yeah, whenever I have it, it's always full fat.
2: A good point with any of like again we are bombarded with information about should I have this and shouldn't I have that? I trad not traditionally. First off, my biggest step was going into paleo. I don't eat that way now. I well, majority, but I were headed down that way. And the thing I liked about it is you cut a lot of things out except for the things that our body needs, so your plants and seeds. It's not about what you can't have. It's about replacing it and making it exciting with with the other foods. So then I didn't know I had a dairy issue. I didn't know that gluten made me feel bloated and slow and hold, you know, we've heard about the... um, Oh, inflammation. So inflammation is in so many levels in our body and it is a result of being unwell. So I was inflamed. If you look at a photo of me when I was twenty twenty, compared to now, similar size, similar weight at that stage, but I look puffy. It's like I've been stung by a bee. So And it's not, oh, I've got a beer belly. It was just, it sits there. So I excluded these foods and then you reintroduce. I reintroduced dairy. Wow, that doesn't agree with me. Well, wow, I didn't know that. That's what made me feel like that, so I just kept that out. Rice every now and then didn't bother me, that was okay. I can have a pizza, it's okay, he might feel sluggish the next day. Some people, friends of mine's got found out he had a big intolerance to gluten, so he can't have it, so he has to have gluten-free beer. There's gluten's in a lot of things, so him he, he has to exclude it. Dairy, he can have milk, he can ice cream and sit down and enjoy himself, and it's not a problem at all. So I recommend it's, it's personal and everybody feels different, so the only thing I can say is, hey, get rid of it for a while, bring it back. Not forever, bring it back and then you will know.
1: I think it kind of ties into listening to your body. Um, so I personally suffer with rheumatoid arthritis and food affects me. So I know what types of foods are going to affect me the next day. Um, so I need to avoid sugar, I need to avoid gluten and I need to avoid alcohol. Um, and if I'm, if I'm going to eat it, I know what's going to happen the next day. It's like a hangover. You know, if you drink alcohol and you're going to have a hangover the next day, you know that's going to come. And that's the same for me with food. So I try to listen to my body and, um, yeah, understand what effects it has on me. And what Marty just spoke to about excluding something and see what happens, that's what I did when I first um, was diagnosed. I just stopped eating certain things and then I reintroduced it and I kind of just listened to my body to find out what, what was happening after that.
0: That's good. We might go a couple more questions and then we'll talk about physical stuff, practical stuff.
1: Hello. I have a bunch of kids and I feel like snacks is a very easy one to fall into the trap of just grabbing a packet of stuff for the go. What are your go-to snacks for kids that are whole food? Um, So we have – my girls both will eat carrot sticks, sultanas, um, dried apricots, um, boiled eggs actually. They both like eating boiled eggs.
2: Leftover sweet potato. Yeah. It's It sounds like, oh, you just put these plates of all these random things out. It's really <laughs> simple. Like Not every kid's going to like carrot one night, like my celery. It's having them on hand. So when they go into the fridge, berries. Our kids love berries. Yeah. Berries are fantastic for you. They're really good in so many different ways. So we just make sure there's blueberries, raspberries when they're cheap. Obviously, when it's expensive, try and mix it up. Seasonal fruit. Find things that, uh, that they do eat, especially with a few different kids that eat differently. I can... I wouldn't want it. That'd just be a headache. It'd be hard. It's hard enough for two popcorn. Yeah, things that are
0: we a do better some option. smoothies, pretty like on the go. Our kids mm. call them moo-moos. But yeah, you can chuck a whole heap of good stuff. Kate is just like obsessed with throwing so much spinach in those things. They don't know. They just it's colourful. It's, it's nice. It's colourful.
2: even with drinks like we never we don't. It's, it's avoiding sugar. We don't have juice in our house. We don't have soft drink in our house. We just ne- have never had it. So it's been a little bit easier for us to manage, but we've just recently got kombucha. So yeah. bringing on hiding food, kids are drawn to colours. Their favourite kombucha is the red butcher, beetroot. yeah, which is beetroot. <laughs> if I give her a slice of beetroot from a sandwich, she's not going to eat it because it's disgusting. I'm pretty sure Isabel would gag until yeah. she cried and made herself throw up. But they both love having it, so it's a healthy alternative to have there. So it's, again, they don't drink soft drink. Yeah, this has a. Benefits for them as well.
1: Our, our daughter thinks that soft drink is mineral water. Um, so when people say soft drink, she thinks mineral water. Um, so a lot of people laugh at that. My sister hates it, but <laughs> that's what she thinks soft drink is.
0: We might go one more question here, and then uh, there will be questions we can't get to, but the good news is these guys are sticking around for a bit after, and I told them they'll probably be bombarded, and they're cool with it. So you can come and chat to them. Last one. Um, I have one vegan child in our family, so we eat tinned lentil, like uh, legumes, every meal at least two tins. And then the other day someone said to me that tinned food is has some sort of, something in it that's really bad for you.
2: So it goes back to being processed, so things are being heat treated. I don't know exactly what it is. But well,
0: like five bean mixed brown lentils, all, yeah. all that, chickpeas in tins. it's
2: what are the alternatives? Like, you've got to get to a point and you go, okay, if they're not eating anything else... Like, we've recently introduced a vegan menu into what we offer. We got bombarded with it. And we didn't have it because I don't eat that way. I can cook it, but it's not how I've done it. And the meals we do is what I have at home. We spend a lot of time on it. And the, thing, the main thing we focus on is you need things like chickpeas and lentils. You've got to have that protein in it. So... If that's the source that you can get it from and that works for you, then you have to do that. If you don't have the time, like you can't... You can buy them dry and cook them. does take forever. There's You can freeze them. You can them. soak them overnight yeah, too. Soak them overnight and freeze them. So if you were to cook mm. a pot of chickpeas and then break it into containers, make sure they're just cooked nice and soft and then freeze it like you would meal prep, then you can bring that out and add it to something as well. And same with the lentils. Secret is lentils, low so and slow. So there is
1: something in the tins.
2: I don't know what it is so I can't comment on yeah, that again to, to say yes but it, it, it'll stem back to how far away from its most natural source is it? So it's been processed, it's been heat treated, it's been packaged and stored for a long time like Jamie said about how long do these things last for. But if the choice is for to be eating a vegan diet, then the main priority is you need to have your protein still from, a, from your plant sources. Um, it does come in a lot of other plants, but it, it's just not as readily available in those foods for our body to process. So you need to make sure you've got those things in it. So I hope that helps.
0: We'll, we'll throw to some more questions in a moment. And again, as I said, these guys are... We might shift the, the pace a little bit or shift topic and talk a little more about the, the exercise, some practical ideas um for movement and, and exercise um you said something before that if you're only giving one tip i reckon this is the tip um i loved it uh you talked about so it doesn't matter where you're at when it comes to exercise and you talked a bit about your personal yeah. experience Do you yeah. want to share that
2: tip so towards the end of my well not the end of my training career i just i still train and i help as many people as i can but i don't take on clients but one of the the cliche quotes that I had and the the last group of people that I trained thought it was a joke, but it actually stuck with me and it does make sense, is if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. And they used to roll their eyes. And I said it so they would roll their eyes. But the reality is that it does work. So people look at a comment like that and the reality is it works. But they overthink it. They go, okay, I need to be doing something like CrossFit or the heavy weights or I need to run 5Ks, not one... Challenging you is where you are personally right now. So, when I, before I started training, when I got into the health, before I even started, before I even quit smoking, I started walking around the area where we lived. And I only walked on the flat, a couple of little hills, and I was only 100 kilos, so I wasn't even massive. It was challenging. I was puffed, I sweated, my legs were sore. Again, it made me go, it challenged me. So, each time that step became easier, I walked a bit faster. Then I jogged a little bit. Then I went to a bush track up down behind near where we live, got crack neck, and I walked up and down and nearly died. And then I walked up and down for weeks, and then I walked up, and I'm like, I'm all over this, and I jogged a third of the way down. Down, not up. And then I walked up and I jogged halfway down. I walked up and you see the process until going. So each step challenged me. Each step was flattening me and I was puffed. And I was just as bright and red and sweaty as what I do now if I do an intense training session with a group of other personal trainers who are based around the coast. So it's just you raise your personal level of what challenges you, but it's about what challenges you, where you are. So if you're someone who doesn't do any training, start simple.
0: I love that too. That's so good. And um, so in fitness world, they call that progressive overload. So basically just means just making it harder as your body, your body gets really used to what you do all the time. And I think for me, so we both played in the CrossFit scene for a while. I, I wouldn't say I'm quite doing that anymore. But some of the principles, like one of the things I liked about that world, three kind of foundations CrossFit was built upon. So constantly varied, high intensity functional movement. That sounds like gibberish, but constantly varied means that. Mixing it up so your body doesn't get used to the same thing. I love that. So um, we get really used to, I think, our workouts and our routines. and um, Like I, I recently just, my mother-in-law, I've lent her two kettlebells and she's had them in her backyard and she uses them. I love seeing her use them. Eight kilos and 12 kilos. And she's doing so many different things with them and it's awesome. The other day I brought her out a 16-kilo kettlebell. And I'm like, I want you to mix it up. We're going to do some different exercises, different weights. different. Keep doing what you're doing but just keep mixing it up. That's going to keep her body guessing. And I reckon that's kind of what Marty said. She just keeps using those same things. Her body will stop getting results from yeah. the physical stuff.
2: It's, um, I'd hear it hundreds of times. I can't wait till this is easier. I can't wait. It just feels like this is never going to get easier. And the result is it doesn't get easier. If it gets easier, you'll go back to that simple quote of if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. It's so cliche and it's so silly to say, but you need to. My training session still floors me. I'm bugged, I'm sore, I'm tired I don't want to go the next day it's but you do it and you challenge yourself and it changes and you change as well.
0: So I think that's a good tip and I reckon we just leave it there because that's so simple. There's more we could talk about and but we might we might actually throw back to you guys for some questions. Um, we'll try and talk more about the, the movement part. So uh, in past I've, in the past I've done talks here. And I've kind of talked about the, um, the foundations of kind of an active, healthy lifestyle. So we used to call this the big three. So some of you might remember it. Eat well. That's the foundation. Marty's talked about that, some of that. Um, move a lot. So we talked a little bit about that. And the last one was sleep enough. We won't talk about that today. But that was the big three that I've talked about a bit before here. Let's talk about move a lot, exercise questions. What do we have here?
1: Hi. I've in the last couple of years, been cycling a lot and I'm loving it and I've been gradually challenging, so I'm sort of fitting that description. However, I have friends who said, oh, women of our age need to be varying our, um, we need to be doing strong, what are they saying? Weights. Strength chaining, weights. Yeah. And they say that cycling isn't that. Now, now I'm going pretty hard, but... Is that not strength training? Do I need to vary it? Or is it okay that I'm just doing lots of exercise?
2: So, yes, it's fantastic. Exercise is the number one thing. If I get people, I had a conversation in the shop with a guy yesterday who he knew me because his brother, I think it was, did CrossFit or does CrossFit. And I said, if you given it a go? He goes, no, I cycle, I do triathlon. So he was middle-aged, slightly overweight, trying to do his best with his health. But he took on a task, which was learning to bike, swim and run, which he didn't know how to swim. So he's the learning process. It was challenging. He learned how to do it. He got better at it. So it does work to do anything. I'm like, fine, I'm not going to convince him that he needs to go do something different because he's on his own journey to start. But scientifically, unfortunately, as we get older, bones start to to break down, to soften. You need to have weight-bearing, It can be functional body weight. It doesn't have to be going and hitting a gym and lifting weights. It can be walking up a sand dune. Bike bike riding does do, but the only thing you're missing, which is important, is that impact and that heavy bearing on the load, which does strengthen your bones. So that doesn't mean your bone. If you were inactive at all and you weren't riding, they would be a lot worse off than it is now. So first of all, it's fantastic that you're doing something. It's the best thing. Um, Again, a simple training program like with Jamie I said the basis is so simple again it's like nutrition everyone wants this magic thing of what do I do what is going to get me the results the simple thing is just functional movement so functional movements are sitting down and standing up so you're squatting pushing yourself off the ground so we natural humans we should be able to move and climb trees and run and play so if you trip over you push yourself up and you stand up people go I hate burpees you're not you're falling over and you're getting back up we just do lots of them It's so simple, but it just—it's a different way of thinking about it. So, there's different ways that you can, without having to go to a gym and sign up for memberships, there's things you can introduce to begin with, and what are going to have ridiculous effects on you for the longevity of your training
0: as well. Love that question. Love so, that answer.
1: So, so if I throw in uh, a few exercises at home that use different muscles and uh, yeah, low bearing, sure. that's enough on. Yep.
2: Yep. yep and you can hold anything you can hold a pot a plant uh, something heavy as it gets easier it's simple and trust me once you do tick one box and holding something is easy you will naturally want to go and challenge yourself exactly the same as what you did with your riding you didn't just do an easy circuit and stick to that and tick that box and then give it up it's like it's made you want to find more so you'll have the same
0: yeah i was listening to a podcast recently and look a lot, lot of us here kind of involved plugged into the church here we, we kind of got a bit of a different view on some of this stuff like these bodies are, are temporary homes these are just tents these are but um i heard a podcast recently and i'm like that's so true um it's not the most important thing but it is so true you want to fight aging do some resistance training <laughs> um and particularly for women i love it for women it cranks your metabolism it flips the fat burning switches it helps with things like bone density it's so resistance training, particularly for women, I love it. And, and it's, it's not going to get you big and bulky. It's really, really hard to build a bunch of that bulky muscle mass. It's going to tone, shape, speed your metabolism. You are going to feel heaps better. And um, yes, there is a difference. So any exercise is good. So that I love that move a lot kind of tip, which just means exercise shouldn't be a chore. Find something you enjoy doing. It just so happened to be a particular style of training for me and Marty. But there's so many different styles of training that work and your body actually doesn't know the difference between cycling or being on a a cross trainer in the treadmill. It just knows my heart rate is up and I am working and I am moving and that is good. But there is a a little bit of a difference. We're going to talk a bit about swimming a bit later on between uh, doing back squats and swimming or doing uh, some sort of resistance, chest press in the gym or uh, push-ups on my knees at home or squats to a crate or we do want to get some resistance training in the mix, particularly for females. So if you want to talk more about that, I've got no equipment, I've got no gym membership, we can give you a bunch of stuff, so come chat to us.
2: So another... So training. um, Why do we train? Why do we eat well? We eat well because we want our bodies to perform how we want them to do, to be able to live longer, to live healthier, to be around for our kids, to be able to offer more to the community. There's a plethora of reasons. Training's the same. I train so I can throw my girls over my shoulder and run up the stairs at home because they love it on the way to bed. If I didn't have the strength and the ability to do that and to move, which is the functional side of training, then you risk injury, you risk injury, you're not well, you need time to recover. It stops you from doing for what you need to do. So as far as like training at home, I do simple training sessions with Megan. It's really as simple as a squat, which can start people go. I don't know how to squat. And you can Google a hundred different ways of how to squat. Sit in your couch and get back up and sit in your couch and get back up. Do that 10 times. If it's easy, do it 20 times. Once it's done that, you rest it, you repeat it. A walking lunge. So it's just stepping, moving, Get again, getting your joints moving how they should do. We spend way too much time like this, way, way too much time like this. And so many people I see, oh, I can't train, I can't squat because it gives me a bad back. It's not. Training and squatting does not give you a bad back. This gives you a bad back and sitting. So having the movement in those joints, being able to use them is going to actually help you work through any uncomfortable bits on that um, push-ups,
0: we, we might have time for maybe one more question on exercise. If there was one, does anyone have a, a question on exercise? I saw a hand over there. Oh, it's Just going over there.
1: My question is more for Megan. Um, how do you find exercising with an autoimmune disease? So I have celiac and some days like everything hurts. <laughs> um, But I also don't want to use it as a crutch to not do anything. So do you push through it? Um, I don't push through it. Um, The same as I spoke about listening to my body with food, I listen to my body with exercise as well. Um, My arthritis really affects my hands and my feet mostly. Um, So most of my other joints are okay for now. Um, So I don't do a lot of push-ups on the ground. Um, I don't do a lot of burpees just because that, that impact on my wrists hurts a lot um so I enjoy walking um swimming going to the beach with the kids So going up and down the sand dunes a little bit um I kind of do that a little bit more than um like I personally don't go to a gym I don't do um gym workouts or anything so yeah I'm more I guess a relaxed exerciser in that sense and I do I do listen to my body if I do too much exercise it actually does affect my whole body and my my hands and my feet do flare up um so yet yeah, i listen to it do, you know take a rest yeah it's
0: great um look these guys are around uh, i'm looking at the clock we have got some other things we want to do one of those things is spend more time just hanging out catching up um, So I might actually get these guys off the stage in a moment and you can jump over and have a chat to them. They'll be here for a little while longer so you can talk food, you can talk meal prep, you can talk exercise. They're both around which would be great. Um, So what we will do in a moment, I'm going to give you a short break, bathroom, grab some more water. If you'd like to grab a coffee, I think Andrew's in there with the boys and they can help you out with that. The grinder's back running. Then I'll jump up a little bit later on. We're going to tell you about... We're going to talk on the back of the exercise, we're going to talk about swimming, and we're going to let you know about something that we're doing on Friday morning that we'd love to invite you into. Uh, It's an open invite swim down at Terrigal, we'll talk a bit more about that shortly. And then we're going to hear a song from Luke and Aramie, and um, I'm also going to get Adrian up and he's going to tell you about this thing that we run here called Life. But before we jump off, please thank Marty and Megan from Activate Foods, so helpful. Good on you guys.